Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. I'm so excited because I'm going to introduce you to MJ Ryan, the author of Attitudes of Gratitude, How to Give and Receive Joy Every Day of Your Life. Thank you so much, MJ Ryan, for the interview. This is a wonderful experience for me. I'm so proud and happy to bring you to Anchor. Here you go, everybody. Welcome, MJ Ryan, to This is the Sound of My Soul. Thank you so much for being here. I'm happy to be with you. How are you today? I'm doing just fine. That's We're having rain here and I'm in a foggy gray day, but oh. <laughs> the outside doesn't always have to match the inside right? well, and vice versa. If I could send over the sunshine that's hitting me right now, I would, but I'll do that for you in this smile that I'm smiling so big. <laughs> you know, recently I met... Um, uh, a person, his name is Mark, and he lives in England, where it's very um, cloudy a lot and rainy a lot and extremely cold right now. And so um, he says, it's sunny on the inside. <laughs> nice. I love that. So today we're talking about your book, Attitudes of Gratitude, How to Give and Receive Joy Every Day of Your Life. First of all, I have to say I yeah. love the title. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you. It actually comes from 12-step um, program, um, so I always want to honor them for, for that concept, right? They, it's a great slogan. That's wonderful. The whole part, how to give and receive joy every day of your life? No, the, oh, okay. the, just, just this phrase, attitudes of gratitude. Attitudes yeah. of gratitude. Yeah, it is popular to say that, and, but it, it's nice because it, you know, the word the alliteration goes together, attitude and gratitude, but um, but it's, it's, I think I read what you said about, you know, I, th I think that's what you said. I, I have to be perfectly honest. I was popping around the internet last night and now my brain is like, wait, did she say that? I want to misquote you. But you were explaining um, the difference. Well, I, I think that there is a difference. Um, an attitude is a general tilt, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. It's, it's your, um, a general way of you approaching the world is kind of like a mindset, right? Right. And um, intention is the um, promise to yourself to to do something, right? That you want to do, that you want to do in your life, that you want it to be different. Um, and those can be very different. I mean, I did not have an attitude of gratitude when I was younger. Um, and I, when I decided I wanted to learn to do it, then I ha had to cultivate my mind in order to now it's a much more natural habit. So I don't have to work at it anymore. Uh, and that, you know, how we change anything, including our attitudes, are, is through deciding that we want to do something different and then start practicing it. Yeah, that's, that's it. You know, you have your actions, your intentions in mind, and you know what's right, your values, you know, what you want to be. But to have that um, mindset, that attitude, and that, you know, that, I love how you said cultivated, you know, groomed, you've, you've, you have the wisdom, you've, you've grown, you've developed, and now you can put that into action. Well, yeah, I think, well, it's interesting because I think it's actually the actions that create the attitude. Oh, okay. <laughs> so attitude doesn't come out of nowhere. <laughs> um, we learn it. We learn our, um, our ways of being. As, well, it's actually, there's two things. One is that there's temperament, um, which is we're born with. So people are inborn. <laughs> well, it's, 
it's more about temperament, which is that it's innate. That it doesn't have any, it's before anything happens to you. There, there's actually uh, all kinds of research on babies mm-hmm. that this guy at Harvard has tracked through their whole lives and says that we come in with a certain kind of temperament, whether it's fiery or very laid back or anxious or upbeat. We start, there's a 50, it's 50% of how we feel comes from that inborn temperament. 50% um, of how we feel. And the other 50. And we can't change yeah. that. <laughs> and now, well, you can work with it. Let's uh-huh. put it that way. Uh-huh. Um, the other 50% comes from our environment, from our family, um, from our teacher, you know, everything, all of the experiences we've had in our lives. And then together, th- those two things create what we call our personality. Mm. Um, um, but those, those, um, so therefore we have certain attitudes towards the world and towards ourselves and towards, towards life. Um, but those things are, can be changed. It's just that it takes a bunch of work. (laughs) So attitudes, it's feelings was the word I was thinking of, you know, attitudes is, is more than just your general feeling towards something. Correct. It's, it's what you just said all put together. Yeah. It's a, well, and it's a thought state really. Uh Yeah. (laughs) Um, So feelings, there's only, feelings are very primary. There's not that many of them, (laughs) you know, (laughs) anger, fear, shame, um, joy, uh, happiness, discouragement. And we can, you know, we can name them. Mm -hmm. Um, But those are actual feelings. Um, But the, our attitudes are created, I think, much more from the thoughts we have. And you've done a lot of research and study and written on this subject. You are the expert. And I, I mean, I just love, it's something you're passionate about. Why, how, do you, how do you identify that that is what became your calling? Well, I think it was, it was an accident, completely and totally an accident. I was a book publisher. I was interested in these topics of self-help and spirituality mm-hmm. and personal growth, and I started a book publishing company um, that was on these topics and worked with authors on books on these topics, and I, we put together this little book called Random Acts of Kindness. This mm-hmm. is about 20 years ago, and it turned into this huge phenomena. Mm-hmm. And... Um, so I started being on the radio and in the newspaper. And mag- I mean, I started speaking all over around kindness. And I thought, I better be doing these things, not just talking about them, because mm-hmm. <laughs> otherwise I'll be a hypocrite. <laughs> so I started doing them, and I got, ha- I got happier. And I was mm-hmm. like, I had just hit 40, and I was kind of a miserable person. Mm-hmm. And um, I knew why I was miserable. I had been to psychotherapy for a mm-hmm. long time, and I knew exactly why I was miserable, but I didn't know what to do about it. And so um, all of a sudden, I started practicing these random acts of kindness, and I felt better. Excuse me. <coughs> I'm going to cough. Um, okay. And so I thought, well, that's interesting. <laughs> what else can we do uh, to change our state? I didn't think it was possible to change how, we, how I felt. I might get emotional because I feel like around the time that that happened to you, I might've seen you in an interview or something. And I feel like I've been inspired by your story. Mm -hmm. It just seems resonating so strongly with me. And (laughs) honestly, and I'm, I'm very, very pleased that you led the way in Uh, this way. Sure. You've changed many lives. Yeah. So then I started to then think about, well, what else can we help us be happier, mm-hmm. essentially? Mm-hmm. And so I started um, 
practicing and writing about gratitude. Mm-hmm. And um, and I got even happier. That was the one. It's actually the easiest way to be happy, I think. Mm-hmm. It's to practice gratitude. Well, I've so. always been fascinated, like you, with this concept. And the first time I heard about the, um, I guess it's the, fright or flight and that fear and that you can come back or change the feeling of fear with gratitude. I mean, that just blew my mind. Do you talk about that? Sure. Absolutely. uh, I'm happy to talk about that. So what happens is it's actually, we have these three emotional systems in our brains that come from our, our heritage (laughs) (laughs) of uh, evolution that we're not in our conscious awareness for the most part. Mm-hmm. And the first is called the avoid system, and that's the fight or flight response. And its whole purpose is to help us to avoid danger, mm-hmm. avoid threat. And so it turns on when we think that there is a threat, and, but the part that's paying attention to whether it's a threat or not is as smart as a lizard. So actually, they say in human be- in human beings now they say it's as smart as a two year old. Okay. Uh, and so, um, it, and it's laid down an idea of what's possibly dangerous when we were very young, and it then um, wants to make sure we feel that ba- we we don't get into trouble. We stay avoid danger. Um, the problem is it only really works well for physical emergencies. If a car is bearing down on you and you, you want to be able to just jump out of the way without your brain going, is this a good idea? Am I really in danger? Should I go <laughs> like that? Right? Highly reactionary. Like, exactly. you know, it's hot. Don't touch right. it. <laughs> right. But it only does, it doesn't just differentiate. It can't tell the difference between those things and personal things or traffic or relationships are like that mm-hmm. so it gets it turns on um anyway and when it turns yeah. on it, it cuts off access to our thinking part of our brain okay it's called an amygdala hijack mm-hmm. and that's why we end up saying and doing things that we re- later regret <laughs> <laughs> um okay so that's that that's the avoid system then there's the second part which we share with all mammals which is called the approach system and that's the part of us that wants good stuff Mm -hmm. immediate gratification this is the part that says i want to go to i want that donut yeah (laughs) even though your higher brain is going i just took a you know a a new year's resolution not to eat sugar right Mm -hmm. but that that part that wants immediate gratification I know I have diabetes. I shouldn't have sugar. I promised I'm not going to have sugar, but then I'm eating the donut. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going for it. And, and that's the mammalian uh, approach, immediate reward. Mm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then the third system is the attached system. And that is the part that we share with primates. And it says... Uh, it's the part about think of about a monkey baby monkey clinging onto its mom right mm-hmm. that part which is that to, to go towards and attach to other people and that when we do that it releases this feel-good hormone called oxytocin which is the love hormone um, and which makes us feel connected to ourselves and to other people uh, and it's actually a better part of ourselves to activate when we're trying to change something. There's a lot of interesting stuff about this that has to do with compassion. Mm -hmm. But your point about gratitude is that 
when we practice gratitude, we're using actually our prefrontal cortex. Mm -hmm. We're using our thinking brain, and that actually takes back control from the fight or flight mechanism. That's why we feel better. So it, it says us to that there is no danger. Comfort. Yeah, it's yeah. there's not a threat. Yeah. You're you're not in danger. The sky has not fallen. This is and this and this and this is good. So it makes helps the that uh, that younger scared part calm down basically. Right, right, and and then and then there's it's like there's nothing wrong with gratitude. There's you know you can't be too thankful, grateful, appreciative. It's all positive. My the way I look at it, as long as it's yeah, authentic. So, <laughs> I, yeah. Well, I think there's two things about this that um, I've learned along the way from working with people and working with myself for a long time. One is that you can't make anyone else do it. Right. So people will say you should be grateful, you know, you still have your health or whatever it is, especially when people are going through hard things. That yeah. to me is a terrible violation yeah. and actually typically creates either shame or anger. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, yeah uh -huh. exactly. And so it, you really, I mean, gratitude's fine if you're doing it yourself, but it doesn't work to try to force someone else to do it, especially when they're going through something difficult and you're trying to quote help. Right. The yeah. other is if you're just doing it to check off the list and you're not actually experience letting yourself feel the truth of it inside of you then it doesn't work either uh, i learned that i was sitting i was at this giant cathedral i was at the national cathedral in dc at this women's conference there were thousands of, of people there i was giving a talk on gratitude and i do this thing where i ask people to what's their happiness number before i start to talk oh okay like a pain level number but your happiness yep. number oh okay that's yeah what's great. your if, if zero is the worst you've ever felt and 10 is the best, what's your number right now? Uh -huh, okay. Uh -huh. And then I ask people to really think about something that they appreciate and are grateful for in their lives and then check in with the number. Okay. And all I say, how many people the number goes up? Now, I've done this hundreds of times, every talk that I give. And most people, their number goes up, right? Uh -huh. But not everyone. So, so this woman was graciously volunteered. I, I said, well, you know, t tell me what happened for you, right? So she, she said, um, I said, so why are you grateful for it? And she goes, well, you know, I love my daughter and I, you know, I, and I, I love my husband or whatever. She was, she was re reciting a list, mm -hmm. right? And what I realized was she wasn't allowing herself to actually receive the truth of that feeling Jesus and I said should, to her, I think she should be grateful for is that what exactly she uh, or she was doing she was in some kind of abstract way and I said well what do you really appreciate about your child exactly what do you enjoy and appreciate mm -hmm. and connecting to that then you act to actually activate the feeling right yeah. a certain memory, so that's an example yeah uh, yeah great. and it and that's why it doesn't have to be a long list. People have said, like, first of all, I have never kept a gratitude journal in my life. There's no oh. special thing about writing it down. There's no special thing about 10 things or five things. It's one thing will work too if you really allow yourself to take it in. I mean, the fact that the sun is, I mean, I'm, I'm looking outside my house. It's all gray except for my, I have this bush that's 
blooming these yellow marguerites and the color yellow is like standing out against the green. It's just beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. If I, if I allow myself to receive, really receive that, then, then that's amazing. I don't yeah. need 25 other things. You don't see the gray. You'll just see that, that bright yellow. That's beautiful. That's a beautiful yeah, and image. I think, yeah. And I think part of it is that when I'm, when I was starting to work on gratitude in my book on gratitude, I, um, talking to a very wise friend of mine and she said, it's really all about where you put your attention. Mm -hmm. Attention is a flashlight. And if you go outside in the dark and you put on the flashlight, depending, you can't see anything except for what you shine the light on. And, and when you shine the light on what's right and good and happy, then that's what you notice. And when you shine the light on what's terrible, then that's what you notice, but it's all there, the good and the bad. And that's what, that really goes back to what I was telling you about what I, the purpose of my podcast and my message is to shine the light on what's good. You know, I think it's kind of my responsibility, those of us who are in a place of happiness to, to shine that light, to Uh show the goodness in the world, because so many people are really ready to show the negative stuff. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I think there's more goodness than, than bad. I really do. I believe there's plenty of goodness to share. Well, yeah, we just have to work harder to um, to feel it. This is why gratitude, again, is such a good practice is mm-hmm. because the, um, the brain, I don't know if you've ever heard this, but because of evolution, the brain is Velcro for negative and Teflon for positive. I have not heard that analogy, but that makes yeah we attract the negative why is that and because we're trying side off because the threat system is trying to protect us so it wants us to make sure that we're noticing all the bad things because to keep us safe it thinks that's the way the best way to keep us safe so it's like pay attention to that pay attention to that because if in fact we were running around in the jungle and a tiger was about to eat us we need to be paying attention to that not the fact that the flowers are are blooming <laughs> so if the so, brain is so smart why is it so hard to figure out <laughs> because it isn't because there's parts of it that are really really dumb <laughs> well um, I, love, and, I love figuring this stuff out I love psychology and I love neuroscience and I just love that it takes it, it's connected to our heart and our gut we just have to you know pay attention yeah yeah, so so a guy, the guy who wrote the, who who came up with that phrase and wrote about this is a guy named Rick Hansen, who's like a neurobiologist, who's a Buddhist, and he talks about what we have to do, therefore, to counteract this is t- what he calls taking in the good, mm-hmm. which is such a beautiful phrase. Gratitude is the easiest way to take in the good, but he said you've got to really linger there. He said something like five seconds. Mm. You can't just because you have to you have to activate um, paying attention more forcefully to counterbalance our the negativity bias. Yeah, activate. Uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I the word for this week. You know, I'm all about words. The word for this year for my year is action, and that's because it's the first week of the year. That's the word for this week. And activating and taking part, doing your part, making it actionable is kind of what I'm, you know, focusing on for the whole year, making things happen. What, do you have a word that you focus on? Do you believe in that one word intention kind of thing? Or do you follow that practice? I I have definitely done that. 
in my life. And my sister actually was the person who turned me on to that. She titles her year. Yeah, I do too. I do too. It's my year. <laughs> she says, this is the year of whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. And I have done, and I have done that as well. I, I haven't done it this year, but may, you're inspiring me to, to, uh-huh. to do it. So thank you. <laughs> oh, well, you're welcome. I love it. This is my year of action. I've actually been looking forward to this year for a long time because I'm like, I, my youngest child just turned 18. So in my mind for the past, you know, 10 years, I really felt like I couldn't allow myself to do a lot of things I wanted to do until my children were grown. And so in anticipation of an empty nest, I literally held off on some things I wanted to do until this year. And this is my year of action. I'm going to make this stuff happen. And I'm so excited about it. Not that I wasn't thrilled to raise my children. It was a wonderful experience. I have to honor that. It was really amazing. And they're wonderful children. And now they're wonderful adults. And we are going to have some fun together. But um, but so last year was my year of bloom. It was a year in bloom. And I talked a lot about cultivating and thriving and growing and, and coming to a fullness of growth. And then, you know, you got to let a little of that go because with all things that grow, you got to cut back and sometimes things die and shrivel up so that we can grow yep. again. So I'm really feeling like I'm born again a little bit right now. So did, so what if maybe some, what are some memorable times that you had where a word was your focus or do you have a word that you could share with us as we well, wrap I, I up? Have, have, <laughs> I do, I do have a story about that. So, um, I had read a book called Chapters, which is about thinking about your life as like chapters in a book. Oh. And I, we ha- my friend and I had this idea that we were going to go back and title all the chapters in our lives. And this is when I was about to become 50. And then say what we wanted the next chapter to be called. Right? Mm-hmm. And so we were, t- we're sitting around having this conversation. And I, she said, well, what do you want this next decade of your life to be called? And the words easy does it came up. Because <laughs> I, 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 things have been hard and and uh, in a number of different ways for me before that, um, and it was the easiest decade of my life. Mm, <laughs> so funny. it was the most joyful, the happiest, and the easiest that I had mm. ever had. So it really does work somehow magically. The intention That's- helps create the reality, right? Well, having that you've lived it and that you say that, that really gives me a lot more hope and excitement <laughs> um, heading into it. I'm also, this is my 50th year on the planet. And uh, go for a new chap. Think of a chat. Well, you've got a chapter. Yeah. Active, yeah. Right? I, there you I, go. Exactly. Well, I'm excited because also, um, in, wow, I feel so in line with you, MJ. My best friend, I can't wait for her to hear this. Her name is Cindy and we're putting together a book this year and oh, watch fabulous. It. so that you said that it's just like hmm, I don't think we're gonna do that exact thing but it really is <laughs> you know I think it's a coming of age kind of you know at this midlife whatever we are whatever mm-hmm. it is it's kind of a pivotal moment in time that we're going through and it's a good thing to do and it's not fabulous. you know it's a, it's a good it's a cathartic thing to do and I'm happy about it and um, I'm you know it's it's just a good time and, and if you did it and it worked for you I'm 
going to go for it because you seem pretty happy. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, I wish you all the best and all your listeners as well. Oh, well, thank you. Any words of wisdom for the listeners? I know that they're going to be um, happy to hear about what, what you're doing with your, and with your new book and all of the books here. I'm looking at your website at mj-ryan.com. And if you look at slash books, you can see all of these amazing books, How to Survive Change, this year I will, the happiness makeover, trusting yourself. I mean, what would be the first one you would recommend if nobody, if you're just learning about your book? Well, well, especially because it's the beginning of the year, I would say this year I will, if you're interested in actually making a change and having a stick, I did mm -hmm. a bunch of research about what, how you do, what helps us actually change. So this um, year I will. I love it. I love that. All right. Thank you. Take good care. Thank you, All you right. too. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Thanks. Thanks for being here on Anchor. Thank you, everybody, for listening. What an amazing interview. What amazing and um, positive force. MJ Ryan, thank you for being here on Anchor, and this is the sound of my soul. My pleasure. Take good care. Bye.